Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 4th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready for fantasy basketball season here as we wrapped up the fantasy football draft season. I had a very, very busy weekend, and I'm sure my co-host did as well. It's Tommy Beer. What's up, man? How's it going? What's up, buddy? Fantasy football time, man. I had I drafted five teams for myself, and then I drafted for three friends. And all three of my friends who I drafted for, their teams are so stacked. Like, because the people that they're drafting with aren't really, I guess, too savvy. You know, it's just, uh, like, I got all the guys. Like, I got Royce Freeman in, like, the sixth round in one league. I got Chris Hogan after a defense. And it was a $300 buy-in league. Like, it wasn't. What? Yeah, I got Hogan, like, in round seven. Those are those are the best leagues with people that with their high buy-ins and people have no idea what they're doing. Those are those are always fun to dominate those drafts. Yeah, how how do you think you fared? You had uh, I know you had one last night and then you had a couple. Got my last tonight. I'm in five as well. I think it's probably a little too much. I'd probably rather be in three or four, but um, I made some money net. You know, it was a net gain last year, so. Um, I figure I keep going as, 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 as long as I'm making money. So um, I think I came out all right. You know, it's, uh, you know, as, as we know, a lot, especially fantasy football, um, you know, it's a lot of it's one on, on the waiver wires in the, you know, weeks three, you know, in, in the early season. So, but I think I walked away from my, my draft the right, followed the Roto World guide, um, best in the business. So I think I did okay. Yeah, Roto World and uh, Evan Silva. And I got a lot of Jamal Williams. Uh... Yep. Yeah, a lot of I got a pretty good, good a good amount of juju, and yeah, um, I had some Royce Freeman as well in my in my auction draft. Um, speaking of auction drafts, actually, uh, just talk about our sponsored draft again. If you know fantasy, I got derailed by injuries. All my running backs got hurt last year. So what's great about draft, and you can just go to the, the app store, just look for draft, or go to draft.com, and it's weekly fantasy, no salary cap, so it's not like DK or Fanduel. And yeah, you just snake draft it. So it's basically like the snake draft that we all love to do. It's pretty much the best time uh, is to do that. Um, so you can do that whenever you want, every week. Um, no waiver wires, just draft it, play it for the weekend. So if there's if you didn't get Jamal Williams, and you wanted to draft him, you know, reach a little bit. Uh, he plays the Bears defense this week though, so that could be fun to see how Khalil Mack fits and all that. That was a wild trade, huh? That Khalil Mack trade, so crazy, dude. Like. That would never work in the NBA, like to trade nope. a player, player of that caliber, even though first they're gold. Um, but yeah, uh, drafts are every couple minutes. You can start for as little as a dollar. Again, just to kind of just get, uh, maybe add some uh, little incentive for guys that you have a lot of or any way you want to do it. Um, again, just go to draft.com or search draft in the app store and you can play for free with our promo code RW um, on your first deposit. So yeah, just get, uh, get your fancy football action in there. We have a lot of fantasy basketball stuff to talk about, and we mentioned the football draft guide. We have our draft guide coming out, scheduled to come out tomorrow. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots going on. Um, I know we added, I added probably like four new articles 
to it. Um, I had this uh, idea that's kind of interesting. I called it the Buzz Light Years draft. So it's about Buzz players that are kind of light years ahead. It's kind of a little pun. But um, Tommy was in there. You had a. So basically, it was based on drafting players like after 50 or so. Just you think you're going to be, you know, kind of planting your flags on. That was kind of, it was kind of weird, but I thought it was kind of fun. Good, good time. You know, just thinking of that Mac trade, who's the last NBA player that got traded for multiple first round picks? Dragic? Yeah, it sounds about right, right? I think so. I mean, there's only so many players. I mean, especially with the value on NBA picks, it's 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 been fewer and far between. Melo, you know, going back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even yeah, I mean, even guys like Butler and and, and Paul George um, weren't weren't in that uh, in that category. Yeah, so you yeah, could, you could consider him because I mean, Chris Dunn was what number? He was a top ten pick. True, I guess. But if so, we're counting future first rounders, yeah. But I mean, even still, like the Jimmy trade, we were all and everyone's like, oh, the Jimmy trade was about like a the, they didn't get back enough. Yep. The Bulls. Same, and same for the same for the Paul George trade too, you know. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was that was phenomenal right now. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, well now that it looks great on both sides though, you know. True, true. That was looks like one of the better win wins, yeah. But the Kyrie trade is, is bad, very bad. Uh, we'll see. What if he leaves Boston next year? I mean, they got Kyrie. Like for, I, well, it looks bad for Cleveland. I think especially bad. Like. They basically, oh, I, yeah. right, right now it does, but it could not look great for Boston if they. Well, I guess even if they don't sign Kyrie, it's not like you know they they gave up a player who's yeah. you know. I mean, they basically they, Colin, they basically traded Colin Sexton for him. Correct, which well, is enough. Yeah, for one of the best point guards. Even though I refuse to draft Kyrie. Yep. The injuries. All right, so we did have a fun trade um, over the weekend, and kind yeah. of a stunner. Really came out of nowhere. <laughs> Just to tell my side of the story, how this I was. Getting ready for bed. I'm on the West Coast, so it was a little bit before 9. I had a big day coming up um, with fantasy and other stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go lay down. I saw my phone vibrate real quick. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's woke. <laughs> right before I was about to wrap it up for the night, so I had to get some blurbs in there. But that was, it was, I did not see. It was so dead that day. But um, in case you missed the news, uh, Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris are headed to Houston in exchange for the quote-unquote untradeable contract uh, of Ryan Anderson and – First uh, first round-ish kind of a pick. He fell to 46. And De'Anthony Melton, um, kind of fun. Uh, so what did you make of this? Do you have Obviously, the headline here is for fantasy is like, yo, Suns point guard, what up? But uh, what, what were your kind of takeaways from this, either real life or fantasy things that got you excited? Or... Well, yeah, I, I think the, the, the one takeaway, as you mentioned, is the quote-unquote untradeable contracts. The, the one thing we've learned over the last couple of years is that literally no contract is untradeable. Um, well, uh, Nick fans will say, <clears throat> Joakim Noah, so maybe they're right, but um, especially now that Dang is bought out. Um, but yeah, it was definitely surprising, shocking. Um, you know, Brandon Knight was actually a guy that I had taught, you know, I, I had written, I had to, to rework some of my guide columns um, because I had Knight as one of um, one of my favorite, you know, late round flyers. Because there was a, as you mentioned, the point guard position in Phoenix right now is barren. Um, so I thought Knight, um, you know, uh, you know, he, uh, there was a chance that he could, you know, kind of slide into that starting point guard spot. Um, and uh, you know, he was only 26 years old. Had averaged, you know, last full season he played, averaged 19 and six. Um, you know, you know, played well enough to get that mammoth contract. Um, so I thought there was certainly some upside there. He's kind of relegated to um, undraftable at the moment. 
Um, as we know, obviously, uh, with Chris Paul and Harden and Gordon, their backcourt is stacked, so he wouldn't need an injury to have any fantasy relevance. Um, but the player going the other way, DeAnthony Melton, is kind of the guy that definitely intrigues me the most uh, of players involved in this deal. Um, as mentioned, there's certainly a dearth of point guards uh, in Phoenix, um, and, and, and there's a, a legit chance right now um, even though he's not a pure point guard, um, that Melton will certainly, um, you know, handle a lot of the playmaking responsibilities um, and, and facilitate the offense. Um, you know, he's, he's competing with the Coble, the, the second round pick, and, and Shaq Harrison, who is an unguaranteed contract. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, Booker's the starting two guard, um, but there's there's certainly some opportunities for playing time at Phoenix. And, and Melton is a player, um, as you mentioned, even though we slipped into the second round, it was a steal by the Rockets. And that was primarily because of an NCAA investigative probe uh, that prevented Melton from playing his sophomore season at, at U- USC. Um, Melton did put up not incredible numbers, but played well um, as a freshman at USC um, and really, you know, stuffed the stat sheet uh, during Las Vegas Summer League action. That's kind of when the rest of the league took notice, like, wow, this this guy really did slip full. Uh, incredibly talented player, led the league, uh, Vegas, that is, in, in steals at three per game, 16 points, 17 rebounds, a bunch of assists. Um, so there's a lot to like there from a fantasy standpoint. He's definitely a guy whose name will be highlighted on my cheat sheet in uh, in drafts in October. Um, and I, I plan to own at least a, a handful of shares of Melton this year. Yeah, he's going to be expensive in the 30, man. But, um, yes. yeah, a, a lot going on here. Um, I guess let's talk about the Sun. Uh, let's talk about the Rockets first. I think that's kind of easier. So one thing you didn't mention that I took away from this, I'm a little scared to draft Chris Paul now. Just a little. Like, I felt like if they're going to take on Knight's bad contract, I feel like it's like, okay, maybe they're going to be a little bit more cautious with Chris Paul and they get their Knight out there. I'm not talking like, I'm not, I'm saying I'm going to take him at like 24, 25, 26, but I'm, I mean, I was comfortable taking him, you know, if I took a big man, like if I took Jokic, I would be okay taking Chris Paul on the way back after pick five. Now I don't think I want to do that anymore. Um, I'm just, again, just, I think that adding that depth there kind of just it struck me as a signal that they may want to dial him back a little bit whenever they get an opportunity to do so. Because obviously, as great as they were in the regular season, didn't matter. Uh, so I think that's kind of their plan to kind of, you know, Golden State, as we always say, like they try to be ready for the postseason. So that was one takeaway that I had from that. Um, besides that, I don't really think, I mean, Marquise Chris is going to back up Capella. I don't think he's going to play any uh, much forward this system. And yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not drafting Marquise Chris. We weren't going to anyways. But um, but yeah, like I wrote in a blurb um, when I said, I was like, over the whole summer, it was a big, big message sent to Chris and Bender that like, yo, you guys better step it up or you're gone. And we found out what happened with Chris. And I mean, Bender may be next for a point guard, man. Right? Yes, that's assuming somebody wants to take on Bender because he looked awful in the summer league. Um, certainly hasn't lived up to his, his high lottery pick hype. Um, so, yeah, but I, I assume that they, I think that's one of the more interesting storylines um, heading into training camp and the preseason outside of who to watch on the floor. What are the Suns going to do with their point guard position? Are they willing to go into the season um, essentially without a point guard? Uh, do you have certain- any names? Do you have any names that they may go after? I mean, we saw uh, John Gamardeau, who I respect. I mean, he's saying, you know, the Kemba's, the Lillard's. Like, okay, obviously they want to get a superstar point guard, but they're they're not going to get one like that. Agreed. They don't have the. I mean, I don't. It wouldn't make sense, and they're you know that that doesn't fit their timeline. Kemba Walker's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, um, so. I, one guy, I mean, just, you know, here in New York, you know, the Knicks have an abundance of point guards. Might the Suns take a chance on Moutier? 
um, you know, just to take a flyer on him and see if he can give him some minutes. Or, or Trey Burke, who played, you know, really well over the second half of the season. Um, the Knicks obviously also have Neil Aquina. Um, so I thought that was something that, the, that, that, that both teams might be interested in kind of exploring some trade possibilities. Um, but, um, yeah, they, I mean, there's just not as many quality point guards, um, you know, it, it floating around the magic are probably going to start DJ Augustine. Um, another team I thought that might be willing to part ways with a point guard in the right deal would be the 76ers. Um, obviously if Simmons, um, handling the starting point guard duties, you know, depending if faults can prove himself, uh, might they move TJ McConnell? Uh, from uh, from Arizona, University of Arizona. True, um, and also Bayless, uh, another yep, you know yep. guy from around that way. Wild, wild uh, he's, he's the fourth point guard in their roster. Uh, makes eight million dollars this season, um, but uh, the Seventy Sixers are considering cutting him, so they certainly would uh, be willing to move him dirt cheap. So uh, that that might be a team that might be willing to to part ways with the point guard as well. One name I didn't, you didn't say, I think is the chalk chalk move. That's Patrick Beverly. Uh-huh. I think Makes- that's where they want to go. They obviously invested a lot of their draft capital in guard position with Shea, Gilgus, Alexander, and obviously Jerome Robinson right behind that. So you would think uh, they'd want to hand, especially with how polished uh, SGA looked in summer league. I mean, he looked like a guy who's been playing professional ball. I thought he played extremely well. So he could be ready. Obviously, he's still got Milos, Tia Dosic. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Lou Will can handle play some point if they need be, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, they certainly have the depth to make a move. That's actually a good point. Maybe I'll, I'll spend an article looking at some possible potential trade targets that the, that the, that the Suns could look at. I think know. that's the chalk right now. I think that they're going to trade for somebody. Uh, as much as Tim- I love Okobo, and I think Melton, again, you mentioned how much, how much he produced. And he's definitely – he's a stat stuffer. I mean, this guy could be a big fantasy guy uh, for sure. Especially, and he fits next to Booker, a guy who's kind of defense-ish first. And he is going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, and he's got the Drew Hanlon built jumper. Um, yep. And then Daryl uh, Morey had said that, you know, people just didn't have the data on him uh, from what he was saying why he fell because he didn't play last year. He mentioned the NCAA violation stuff. So, like, he viewed it, people viewed it as an oversight. And maybe the Suns were like, okay, hey, uh, our bad. Um, we'll kind of overpay for a second-round pick, which is, you know, kind of out of the ordinary. You don't usually see guys giving up things of value for rookies who haven't played yet as second-round picks, but this isn't really the cookie-cutter style of rookie. Uh, and then also, too, to tie into the Akobo thing, uh, McDonough said multiple times that they had Akobo considerably higher than 31. And, I mean, you can't really say that they were going to pick him uh, for the Zaire pick slot, but obviously they traded that pick up to go get Mikel Bridges. But... It, from listening to McDonough, it made me feel like they were willing to trade back like five or six spots and then pounce on Okobo, something along right. those lines. So, I mean, as great as Melton was, and I don't think Okobo played poorly either. I love Okobo. Um, and again, another great, great fit. They love his speed. Uh, McDonough talked about how he grew so much late in his last season with uh, his French pro team. So, um, that if they don't make a trade, that is going to be top five position battle to watch. Um, they're both so, so different too. Um, which is another fun part of this. I think Melton's a better fit um, next to Booker is, but I still think Okobo, um, given how much they've talked him up, and um, yeah, I still think he's a favorite. But um, yeah, Mel- Melton, if if you want just pure upside, Melton's probably the guy, again, for the counting yeah. stats. Yes. Um, so yeah. 
I mean, if you give him the same amount of minutes, you know, in a nine-category league, Melton would, would be the preferable yeah, option. Yeah, I think Okobo's probably maybe the better player. But, again, just right. pure fantasy. Like, yep. we, we love blocks, you know, just because a guy – and, like, that's why we like Marquise, Marquise Chris last year. What, he was yep. one of – I think it's, like, him, Kevin Durant, and LeBron, and somebody else are, like, the four youngest players to have 103 blocks and steals before they're 21 or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, that's what we fall in love with. You mentioned the steals. Uh, anything else you want to um, – and also, too, so back when they had their press conference for the draft picks uh, and when Igor got hired and all that, they were like, yo, we don't want to play Booker at the one. Um, we want to dial that back. But um, that was probably tied into how they wanted to start Brandon Knight. So I kind of – it was kind of a situational quote, I felt like. So with given that he's gone, I think that that could be back on the table to put Booker at the one, kind of give him the old James Harden treatment, shift him on over a little bit. But um, what do you do? You think that we see Booker at the one, and do you think this? I mean, also too. Um, I had tweeted this out. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but the last ten games of the season, he had a Booker had a thirty-two, thirty-three usage rate, thirty-seven minutes per game, uh, at a hundred eight pace. Like this guy could legit lead the league in possessions. So, um, what do you? What's your takeaway on Booker? I just. Uh... It'll be difficult. You, you hate to lean on what coaches say because who knows what type of truth they're telling. Um, but if, in fact, they did allow Booker to facilitate the offense and bring the ball up the floor, um, his fantasy upside is through the roof. I mean, I, I think you mentioned it in a previous pod. There's a decent chance he leads the league in, in total possessions this mm-hmm. season. Um, when you factor in minutes and pace and, and, and opportunities and a lack of point guard in Phoenix – um, his, 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 his upside is through the roof. And I mean, just in terms of who the Suns would consider trading for, I guess it's determined by what they feel. I mean, they did sign Trevor Reza to one year contract. So maybe they are, would they consider taking on a veteran and, and make a run? I think we all assume it'd be crazy to think that they could make the eight seed, but maybe they have dreams of, of being mm-hmm. contention. Um, you know, in that case, would they, you know, take on some money and take on Matthew Delvadova's contract? The Bucks would be willing to, 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 you know, to basically dump for nothing. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, probably not. I would assume they wouldn't have interest in a veteran. Um, but but you know, maybe, oh, sorry. Maybe, uh, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say, but Sarver. <laughs> exactly. You know. Um, so you know, we'll see. I mean, would the would the Wolves be dumb enough to trade Tyus Jones and, and keep Derrick Rose? Um, the Bucks also have Brogdon. You know, he's going to be due for a new contract at Miami Heat. Would they consider trading Tyler Johnson? Those two big years, you know, nearly twenty million dollars a year. So, um, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what the what the Suns do if they stand pat. That that's a whole, you know, then you know, then a Kobo and Melton um, and Booker, you know, see their fantasy stock rise significantly. Um, or do they make a trade and kind of address the issue? But it'll it'll be fascinating to see however it plays out. We'll Man, if, if Tyus goes there, oh boy, I I'll he will be rising hardcore. Yep. Of the ranks, I mean, more so than really anybody we talked about. I wonder if we could throw out some names, like just hypothetically for fun. I always like playing this game. Would uh, guys they could trade for? Oh no, I'm saying hypothetically if they did get Tyus. I mean, I would take him just for pace. I mean, you're t- I would take him over Lonzo. Yes, I would agreed. Take, yeah, I mean he's right in that draw. He's right. He'd be right in that Dragic, Conley, D'Angelo tier. De, um, I would take Dejounte obviously more, but he's right in there. I would take him over Dunn. I'd probably take him over Teague, which is kind of funny. But, yeah, would you take him over D'Angelo Russell? Um, uh, probably not. I think Russell. I, I, I'm buying into the whole hashtag muscle watch hashtag off season workout I don't stuff. What to make of Russell? But he's so it's he has to fall. If he he doesn't fall though. 
people just get too obsessed with his upside. And, and that's fair, yeah. though. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, we haven't talked about the forwards yet. So, yep. according to Woj, which stunned... This whole thing, I was stunned by the fact that they're saying Ryan Anderson's going to start. I hate that. I mean, he can't... Putting him on an island against smaller fours... And they t- they're going to put extra pressure on Aiton and all that, which also I thought was a big win for Aiton. Um, yes. He's not a strong shot blocker compared to JJJs and Bombas and so on, but I think with the pace and with the loose defense, if he keeps his fouls down, he could be really productive from blocks. So sneaky winner, I would say, is Aiton from this situation. But I'm still not touching Anderson, man. I mean, I think this is all... It's like the same thing they pull with Knight. Like, oh, we want to start Brandon Knight. Oh, word, he's not on your team in September anymore. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of think that's the same thing. Um, obviously, they're, again, they're not going to be able to really do anything with it. But I don't know if it's motivation or what. But either way, I'm not drafting Anderson. Um, I even said before, I thought if, had he been on Houston, he wouldn't have been in the rotation. Um, so now he's going to a team that you know needs some help. But they have so many forwards, man. I mean, they drafted Josh Jackson, who... In the 2018 part of the year, after the January 2nd DMPCD, he kind of rolled. Uh, obviously, they paid big bucks for a reason for a one-year deal. We mentioned Bender's probably buried right now. And obviously, they drafted Mikel Bridges with the number 10 pick after trading out. And they still got TJ Warren. So, um, I'm still... The only guy I would draft to that group would be Jackson. Uh, I still firmly believe in him. Uh, his use rate was super high, by the way. Um, yes. The last, second half, I think, was like 28-something. I, I do worry about Warren coming back healthy and how that impacts Jackson. But you're right. But when he was playing, he was playing a ton of minutes this, you know, the, the last month of the season, um, and put up terrific numbers. Um, but you mentioned the Suns. That's why the trade is, is is weird because they have very little depth behind Booker in the backcourt, um, but have a ton of forwards. You mentioned Aiton. Um, you know, Rishon Holmes is still floating around there. They, you know, they picked him up. Tyson Chandler. Um, as, as a veteran mentor, we don't have to expect him. But, you know, Ariza, you know, as far as Anderson, are they going to start Anderson over Trevor Ariza, the guy, the guy who's a better player, all-around player in Ariza? And they just paid him $15 million. Um, the only reason I think it would make sense to give Anderson an extended look, um, I don't think he'll start either. But give him minutes and, and see if he can produce his hopefully um, that from a son's perspective that they'd find somebody they'd find somebody to flip them to after the season um, because Anderson did accept a, essentially a five million dollar pay cut um, his guaranteed money in 2019-20 dropped from around 21 million to around 15 million um, so it makes it potentially as an expiring contract something that that teams might be look, interested in um, if they're looking to dump a salary player or you know something along those lines so maybe the sons are hoping that they can reestablish his value um because he before he landed in 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 houston um you know his last season in new orleans he put up strong numbers you know that that earned him a four-year 80 million dollar contract um so uh i understand that that perspective but they as you mentioned they also have bender i'm sure they'd like to figure out what they have in him it's new coaching staff maybe they give him a shot to earn some minutes as well so um i agree unless it's a late round flyer and i need threes um you know essentially the last round pick i'm gonna steer clear by anderson as well Bender and the Bucks pick for Tyus Jones. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think the numbers are working out. Anyways, um, yeah, you, I mean, Anderson, we were we would rock him like crazy for DFS, I remember. Um, yep. He scoring, especially against Sacramento. He always loved those hometown games. But, um, yeah, man, it, I get it. I guess they want the spacing. But, like, so, so I think that, I mean, I don't know how they don't start Ariza, though. Like, I agree. So, Ariza. I mean, you would, are you going to bench... So then that makes me think that this whole Booker Booker thing, like, do they just start Booker at the one um, and then bring 
I mean, did this go crazy size and put TJ Warren? That's, the, the that's interesting. It's they, probably they what be. I would do there. I mean, if they if they don't pull anybody in, like they're just their roster's just it's so confusing. Like how they just built their team. It's so forward heavy, man. They all have the same position. Yep. I hate, yep. It's like when you draft your fantasy team for bat for football and you have like eight yep. running backs and two receivers yep. or something. Yep. Yep. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, Isaiah Cannon, we haven't talked about him yet. I mean, he was kind of rolling before he, he broke his leg. True. Uh, he's somebody, somebody to keep an eye on. Um, we'll see how he you know kind of recovers and, and you know he's a, he's a name that could he could throw his name in the mix. Um, you know, you would think that uh, I get would they keep four point guards though? You know, would they keep him yeah. and Shaq Harrison? But yeah, so if he makes the roster over Shaq Harrison, then that could certainly uh, yeah, boost his value. Yeah, the Suns are they're going to be a lot of work to watch. Oh, yep. preseason, we'll be watching every preseason game from them. Um, okay, that kind of puts a wrap on that. Let's talk about uh, we talked about Clippers point guards a minute ago, and one of it looks like a former uh, Tyrone Wallace has signed a offer sheet with the Pelicans. You would assume the Clippers aren't going to match this thing, um, so that would put him. And I'll bring a hot take here. Uh, I think that by the new year, Tyrone Wallace is is going to take over over Alfred Payton. I had in the last last pot, I think it was. I had said that watch out. I think Frank Jackson overtake uh, Elf or Ian Clark could as well, just for shooting and spacing to help out Drew and so on. But I think Tyrone's an awesome fit next to Drew, Miritich, Davis, and those guys, and more as well. I mean, I think he's going to be a name to watch. Again, pretty decent guy for filling stat sheets up, um, steals, some defensive stats, decent percentages. I'm definitely in on Tyrone. He's one of my dogs. I have a little more faith in Peyton than you do. Um, you're right, a lot more. <laughs> yes, yes, it sounds like a lot, lot more. Um, I think Peyton can kind of, you know, replicate, you know, be a poor man's version of Rajon Rondo, um, and that and that worked well in the in the Pelicans starting five last season. Obviously, they 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 played terrifically, advanced the second round of the playoffs, and I think Peyton, uh, you know, presents the same issues as Rondo, not essentially a reliable outside shooter, even though Rondo was better. Um, that he had been um, last season, um, but I think you know Peyton's the type of guy that if he can improve defensively and he has a you know a, a lot of upside there in terms of you know was a terrific defender in college hasn't quite lived up has not lived up to the expectations um, you know coming into the league, um, but you know he's a New Orleans guy maybe going home again kind of recharges his batteries and gets him a boost, um, so I, I I'm not high on him. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, I'm not in, in terms of drafting him this season. Um, if he falls far enough, though, I will take a look at him. How far? Late. Uh, I'm not going to reach So say, say, you're, uh, need a, say you need a point guard. Yep. And you're sitting there. And you're looking. That's, at... the, that's the other thing is the point guard is, 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 is shallow, you know. So yeah, exactly. Get... So let's throw some names at you. So in a vacuum here. Um, Isaiah Thomas? I like Isaiah's upside. I want to gamble. Easy. Sexton, yeah. Sex, Colin Sexton. I might lean towards Peyton. Okay. I'm not, yeah. With nope. George Hill there. Uh, yeah, I would still take Sexton. You name all these guys. I would take Fox, Beverly, Rozier, Fultz, Reggie Jackson, George Hill, Augustine. You, you, I'm not like I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't I even know how Peyton. low I would go. I would take Peyton ahead of probably George Hill. I would probably take him ahead of Augustine as well. Um, I think he's going to see minutes, and you know he's the he's, he's he can set the statute. He's the Orlando Magic's all-time leader in triple doubles, um, so he's a guy that that rebounds well for a guard, um, gets some steals and some assists and some points. So um, 
especially in five category leagues, you know, with, with the percentages hurt you. Um, but I, but I think there's some upside there. I think he can kind of reclimate his career there a little bit in New Orleans. Right. Disagree, disagree on that one. I, I go, I go all in on the takes though. Like, yes, I'm, I don't, if I, I, if I like you a little bit, I, I, yes. I like you a lot or something. Uh, all right. So yeah, anything, a couple things. Um, we saw that Damian Jones could be named. I think it's just kind of just feeding the starting competition kind of thing. I don't really I, too much into that. I agree. What Mike's talking about there is Steve Kerr last week said that Damon Jones will have a shot. They would love to see him win the starting center job um, with the Marcus Cousins out in Golden State. Um, and I wrote about this in the guide. I actually kind of like that news. I'm hoping that uh, that um, that Jordan Bell's draft stock gets dropped down a little bit so I can scoop up a ton of shares of him. Yeah. Um, and the later he falls, the more affordable he is, um, the, the, the better I like it. I, I think uh, I love Bell's fantasy upside, and I think he will be the primary beneficiary. Um, if they want to start Jones and play him eight minutes a night, that's fine with me. Zaza, um, the Zaza special. Exactly. Um, as long as Bell sees, you know, 24 minutes a night or 22 and 26, um, uh, he has tremendous fantasy upside, um, you know, especially nine category leagues, steals and blocks and percentages. Um, so so I love Bell I, and that I'm not overly concerned. I don't think Jones is going to take a starting job. Um, in fact, I, I, I like it if it drives uh, Bell's ADP down a little bit. Yeah. It's still not soaring, though, and they haven't ranked so low on ESPN and Yahoo. So that maybe it could help suppress him a little bit. He hasn't got the draft helium quite like uh, Jared Allen and John Collins have. So you can get him right. probably like seventh and eighth. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not phased by Bell. I, I still love Bell. Like you said, if, the only positive is maybe you can get him a little cheaper now. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean Jones. I thought Jones looked pretty good. He was kind of dead in the water, um, you know, this time last year. But he had a pretty decent season. Now that he's healthy. Um, one other thing we'll add to this is. Um, kind of a weird quote that I kind of twisted uh, about the Grizzlies. Uh, Dylan Brooks was asked about Kyle Anderson, and he kind of dropped a hint that he could be quote-unquote running the show sometimes. thought that was interesting. Uh, for a team that is kind of short-handed when it comes to ball handlers, obviously they got Conley. Um, now that they lost Tyreek, they're going to need some help. So, uh, And we've, we've said this multiple times. Um, they want him to play four positions. So Kyle Anderson is going to probably be creeping up. Um, like, when I draft with Ryan, we talked about this, Ryan and I keep sniping each other, and we're at the point where we'll take him at, like, 65, 70 now. Um, wow. So, yeah, you could probably get him a little bit later, but I'm definitely all in on Anderson. Yeah, I'm not all in, um, but I'm in. I, 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 liked it. I liked what the Grizzlies did this summer. My favorite bet this season is the Grizzlies over, um, depending on your sports book. Um, they have him in the low 30s. I mean, this is a talented Grizzlies team. They got two superstar max players. Hold on, you're not, um, you're not, you don't book at Robert Paris Sportsbook with, with the 50 win projection? <laughs> that's, that's too rich. Yeah, right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, it, I just think that, that they're being slept on. Obviously, a lot of it's dependent upon health. Can Connolly come back healthy? And um, we'll have to make sure, you know, see him in the preseason and, and you know, at least see him out on the floor um, in training camp and, and telling us that he's ready to go and that he looks good. Um, but uh, with Connolly, I was actually looking at the numbers. They were four games over 500 last year with Connolly, and they were 40 games under 500 without him. 
um, small sample size. I think they were just seven and three or, or eight and four um, with Connolly. But um, the previous seven seasons, this team made the playoffs in the Western Conference. Um, I think it was the second longest streak or, or tied with the second longest streak with the Clippers um, behind the um, behind the Spurs uh, in terms of length of, of consecutive uh, playoff appearances for Western Conference teams. So um, this is a talented team. They're in a win now mode. Uh, they don't they don't believe in rebuilding. Um, they have a relatively high salary. They they invested in they, they were a little bit weak on the wing. They invested in Anderson and Caspi. They brought in some other guys. Um, uh, Jonas's boy, Jaron Jackson Jr., give him some depth up front. Um, a lot of it's dependent upon the, on the health of their stars. But, um, you know, uh, in a roundabout way, I, I do I do love them as the over. And Anderson, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. I should say there's a high floor that makes him very appealing. The upside, the ceiling is not as high as it could be with some other players in that 65 to 75 range. Um, so I'd probably reach on other guys in and around that area. Um, but I'm certainly not shying away from him if he falls a little bit lower than that. Yep, yep. Uh, like you said, Conley has to stay healthy. Yeah. If he does not, they're dead. Agreed. But yeah, I mean, they made some, like, again, getting Jaron Jackson is like basically signing a guy to a, you know, three year, what doesn't matter year, like, you know, $13, $14 million contract or whatever. You know, he's going to be valuable to this team. Two position player, obviously, rim protection could help. Suits are so style defense first, so it was really a, kind of a home run pick for them there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Just, Marcus Hall's 34, dude. Like that's just that's just so rough to count on him, but I mean that's, that's another positive for Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean Marcus Hall's thirty four. He's going to be thirty four in January. Rephrase. But it's not like the Souls has has ever been relied at even you know, fractionally on his athleticism. You know he's kind of a, a grinder. You know he's not like yeah. a guy that buys. So hopefully, I hopefully the wear and tear doesn't catch up to him in terms of games missed. But if he's on the floor, I don't think that'll impact him too yeah. significantly. Got the old YMCA game. Yep. On. All right, uh, so I think we're good. Um, again, draft guide. We'll probably talk a lot about that on Thursday with what's in there and just go over some stuff. There's so much I can't even spend five minutes talking about all the stuff in there. So definitely check that out. Um, again, we're planning to launch tomorrow, so it should be cool. Anything you want to add? Anything you're mo- more pumped about in the draft guide or anything? Uh, J- Jets, no. Jets, my my Jets versus your Lions in Monday Night Football. Anything got some going on that's there? What, that's first of all, it's a must win for the Lions. If they want any chances here, they have to beat a rookie making his his first start. But youngest, I, I, youngest quarterback ever. I won't lie to you. I'm nervous about because you know, they play some tough games. They're you know over the next three or four weeks, so they need to win game one at home. Um, I hate Monday night and Sunday night games. I love Sunday at one, so that's no fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know. Uh, I, um, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I was optimistic about the Lions this season. They played so poorly in the preseason, and that's not a great indicator. Um, as I say with any preseason note, be it basketball, baseball, whatever, um, the year the Lions went 0-16, they were 4-0 in the preseason. So we don't we don't put too much stock in that. Um, but just objectively, it's difficult to get too excited being as poorly as they played. However, um, I've been in four drafts so far. I have drafted Matthew Stafford in each of my four leagues. I promise, as I as I told Mike, I promise it's not because I let I'm, I'm sipping the Honolulu Blue Kool Aid. Um, <laughs> just, he just happened to be the guy that was the highest ranked quarterback when I needed a quarterback. Um, sometimes you know multiple quarterbacks ranked lower than him drafted after him. So um, I I am all in invested in Matthew Stafford this year. So um, here's hoping that my boy um, has a has a great season. I have a different starting quarterback on all five of my fantasy football teams so far. Good way to do it. Yeah. I, th- I reached on Mahomes a little bit early. I was like, all right, I'm getting – because he always goes early. I was like, all right, I'm taking him. If 
fine. You got him once, and that was good enough for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he was expensive in my auction last night too. People paid up for him. I got um, I got Russell Wilson like three dollars cheaper. I mean, every other position, I think, is there's a general range where everybody feels comfortable. The running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera. Quarterback is the one. I mean, I've seen Jimmy G go, you know, in round seven, and then I've seen him slip to round 13 in some drafts. It's just so weird. And so where some players value Mahomes is another guy would wildly fluctuate. Matt Ryan's another guy that some people are high on, um, you know, but it, it all depends because usually it, once uh, that, that first rung of quarterbacks and every team has a starting quarterbacks. One of those guys can fall really far, but it's difficult to risk, you know, the guy you want falling that far. So it, it leads to some very interesting um, variability in terms of quarterbacks yeah. being drafted from I've seen my drafts. It's all about taste, kind of like D'Angelo. Yep. can go high, go low. Oh. See one person to take him. Yep. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your week, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, man. Later, buddy.